Let's hit it. Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, especially our next incredible guest. So grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage, and let's do this together in the Sports Deli. Hey everyone, along with myself, Hoot, host and producer of the Sports Deli podcast, we are joined by my co-host today, Elizabeth Galloway McQuitter, a legend in her own right, one of the first professional women's basketball players in the history of the United States. She played in the WBL, the Women's Basketball League, the original W, and she and I are so honored on this seventh day of Black History Month and National Dump Your Significant Jerk Week before Valentine's Day next Monday, the pride of Carthage, Texas, former NFL defensive end Michael Montgomery II. He was born with an obsession for football, but was born with a rare heart disease called Wolf-Parkinson's-White Syndrome. And one day while at practice at Texas A&M as team captain, he almost lost his life. A trainer saved him, and today you will hear the rest of the story. He is a son, coincidentally, Rosie Walker, one of the original members of the Women's Basketball League playing for the Nebraska franchise, who Elizabeth knows very well, and you will hear a big part of her influence on Michael's life coming up next. He was an All-State football and basketball player in high school, and then he played juco ball for two years before being an All-Big 12 selection, and then he was drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the 2005 NFL Draft. He played with Donald Driver, Brett Favre, Amon Green, who I've tried to get on the show many times, but maybe Michael can help us if he enjoys his experience today because he was recently on Michael's Undefeated Podcast. He has dedicated countless hours to promote awareness of heart disease and developing access to heart health screenings, especially people of color. Shares a birthday with Roberto Clemente, Liz Cambage, current WNBA player who's been in the news lately advocating for higher pay for the players of the W, not necessarily lower pay for the coaches like first-year head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, Becky Hammond, as she should, and I agree. He was born the same year as ex-teammate Aaron Rodgers, who I have some opinions about with regards to the Black Lives Matter movement and his lack of outspokenness. With regards to this, along with Tom, Eli, Peyton, and Ben, as well as Carrie Underwood, Justin Verlander, one of the best wide receivers in the history of the NFL, Larry Fitzgerald, Frank Gore, and Sean Taylor, rest in peace. He originally had a dream of playing in the NBA in large part because of his mother, again, Rosie Walker, who was a basketball legend and a coach and one of the original women of the WBL, the original W, the Women's Basketball League. And we had to reschedule because he was in Arizona filming a movie. I got big timed during our regularly scheduled podcast, which I can't wait to hear all about. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at I am 96 GB. And Michael, uh, man, on this fourth day of the controversial 2022 Winter Olympics, welcome to the Sports Life Podcast where everyone, especially the son of one of the original players of the W. So, man. Glad to have you. Honored. Uh, thanks again. I really appreciate the opportunity, man. I, uh, man, I feel like uh, you went through everything. I don't feel like the interview, <laughs> the interview is over. <laughs> you got my life story down. 
Well, I'm sure there's some things that I missed. And, and honestly, like as much as we can find stuff out on the internet or listen to past uh, podcasts about our guests and stuff, it, it's uh, amazing to hear the stories and, and how people got to where they are. You know, everyone resonates with people differently, you know, just like the guests that go on your show. So you grew up in Texas. Yep. Don't hook them horns. Uh, no. <laughs> I, um, I grew up in Texas. Uh, I moved around a lot because my mom was coaching basket coaching basketball yeah but i moved around a lot and uh, east texas and uh my last two years was in center texas uh, a little super small town maybe two or three thousand people from there my my football career kind of like took off i started off playing basketball right um, or and when i tried to try out at, in carthage they told me it was too late and <laughs> you know so i decided to just go straight basketball for my two years in high school and then we moved this gave me another opportunity to play and I never saw football as a uh, a long-term career I just saw football could help me be a better basketball player like you uh, I was raised by my mom and there's a running joke in my family that uh, I have six dads uh yeah you can laugh it's all good uh we all laugh about it <laughs> Uh, but, um, talk about how, uh, that made you see the world differently. Were you like amazed at what an incredibly strong black woman she was? Uh, yeah, I was more amazed with her character, you know, her character and personality, you know, for a person who accomplished so much. And I just tried to live, emulate her lifestyle and what she taught me, how she treated people, you know, she grew up. And it's funny, she, she grew up when it was out, you know, the, the racial tension yeah, hell yeah. in the open and playing sports um, in all white schools. She just tried to treat people how she wanted to be treated. I don't think people are born racist or anything like that or against other colors because, you know, you see babies play with each other, right. different colors and stuff like that. So I think... Just come with love, but I really valued her per perspective and how she treated people. And that would really just set out um, for me to take on my lifestyle and, and try to be like her. I just remember one incident where I had to beat up a dude who called me the N-word. Uh, but, but after that, it really wasn't that much. And plus, I was more just about sports. I really didn't go out and kick it or hang out as much as everybody else was when I was in high school especially in high school I just went to school went to sports and that's it that was mostly like my lifestyle um but I didn't uh face too much racial until I was like middle school I never said that word to right. me again but um you know around my town you know especially in my neighborhood you know fortunately for my mom and when, when my dad was there at the time we was like in really big low-income diverse neighborhood so it was a lot of black people latino people people from all races and you know we were kids and we just and my mom just taught me to just love people and treat people how you want to be treated regardless of their color and anything you know their character speaks more than the color neighborhoods wasn't the most expensive ones but it wasn't the the baddest areas but i think just our diverse neighborhoods where we was at and tight-knit community just kept the bad apples out, out of the neighborhood and watched out and, you know, monitored our, 
our interactions with other people uh, when it came to parents. You know, it's sort of interesting to me because I was integrated in Detroit in fifth grade. Uh-huh. And it sounds like all the parents were on the same page, looking out for each other. Uh, and man, what a remarkable uh, testament to your neighborhood. My parents knew my neighbor's parents and, and, and I wasn't a person who was like roaming away off from my house. Right. Was, I was mostly like playing in my vicinity. So we was super close knit. Yeah. Uh, it starts in the home first because, you know, you learn your mannerisms inside mm-hmm. the house. So parenting, loving, validating who you are, your self-worth and how you treat people. My mother also knew, you know, her whole lifestyle playing basketball uh, is that concept coming from a little small town in Emerson, Arkansas, 300 people. And wow, you know, I guess that team aspect of it just brought people together because regardless of, you know, who you vote for, you know, whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden or who your religion or who your faith is, you know, you got to learn how to respect people. I don't like to judge people before I even know who they are. I had a pretty good childhood. So locker rooms, I'm sure you would agree, teach us uh, a whole lot of things about people from different backgrounds. There's a duality to this because it's not your responsibility as a black man to educate white people. Yeah. It's white people's responsibility to educate themselves. That's our job. But at the same time, you want to be a part of the change that you want to see. Yeah. Uh, the conversations I had, especially with teammates of mine, you know, it's just an open dialogue. I could tell you, our view, you know, professional sports is not like a regular job. You know, not everybody can get paid performing in sports because in the real world where you have business, it's a different aspect because People who make it to a professional sports, coaches, players, especially people of color, it's just one singular focus, you know, to make it as a a black player or a black coach double hard because you're fighting against your white counterparts and coaching is more of a who the general manager like more than anything. Because it goes into more politicky, and if he likes the person more, he'll go with him, even though the other guy is more qualified and the guy's cup. But when it comes to regular jobs, that's when you know I say you you probably see more um, um, discrimination because it's more people that they they want to hire who they want to hire and what color they want to have. A lot of my teammates and, and people have been a lot re- receptive over the information that we share when we have dialogue in the locker room. Elizabeth Galloway McQuitter, welcome. I just wanted to say hi, Michael. Played against your mom. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Your mom coached DK's daughter. Oh. At center. Oh, wow. Wow. I wonder what years, because I was there. Yeah, from Longview. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I definitely wanted to be on and uh, uh, holler at you and uh, tell you that we're doing some special things to honor your mom and all the other WBL trailblazers. Oh, man, I so I appreciate that. We oh, always mom. think it's daughters, just like fathers have impacts on daughters. You know, everybody talks about the girl dad. Mm. But um, the moms uh, have, I have a son as well. You know, we impact them as well. So. Oh, oh, yeah. My mom was my biggest impact, you know, so she... Um... I don't know, I tried to mold my life after her. 
Yeah. Well, she's a trailblazer and a pioneer and, uh, Absolutely. you know, just a highly decorated uh, woman of our era and would transcend any era as far as talent goes. Right? Oh, yeah. She, she taught me how to play basketball. <laughs> she was a baller. Taught me how to post up and all that. Was, <laughs> Which is a lost art, mind yep. you. <laughs> all right, people don't do that stuff no more. I, I, sometimes I hate watching Positionless it. basketball, they call yeah. it. That's what it is, positionless <laughs> basketball, and they don't box out. They don't. I don't like it. It's it's weird. I watch I watch women basketball. I watch college basketball. I love it. But NBA. I might I might start watching during the playoffs, but right. uh, regular season they just be see who, who can score the most. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Well, pick I and love roll post after pick and roll, pick and pop after pick and pop. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Get my mom here. Yeah, bring her, bring her on. Oh, that'd be amazing. Okay. So this, this is my next question. And so you said in uh, one of your previous answers before, before Elizabeth came on, is that in the regular workplace, more often than in sports, that people usually hire people they want to hire and there's more discrimination, right? Isn't that what you said? Yeah. And so what are you critical of? Because you sound real neutral when it comes to a lot of the things that we often talk about, whether it's police officers or hiring practices. And obviously, Brian Flores is in the news. Hugh Jackson's in the news, who was on our show and is a good friend of mine. And let me first be perfectly clear that I believe both of these guys, because there's just too much of a precedent that has been set over the years in the NFL that they have been reactionary and have not been forward thinking when it comes to this type of thing. And the fact that Lovey Smith is being considered now, that's great. But to be honest with you, um, why aren't some of the other coaches being considered, you know, and why, why was Byron Leftwich not being considered in jet, you know, there's just, so are you, are you outraged as much as I am? not only by the practices of the NFL with regards to hiring practices with head coaches, but the lack of uh, white influencers in the NFL space for not speaking out because I've been hella critical, especially of Tom Brady and Eli and Peyton and Ben and Aaron for doing anything they can to promote themselves, but they will not speak out on this because it either hurts their brand or they're tone deaf or they just don't understand how to be more anti-racist. Uh, yeah, with the coaches, man, I thoroughly believe, uh, especially that coach, that uh, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, he should have had a job at least three years ago. Um, Eric Bianco. Yeah, yeah uh, um, Brian, and even uh, the guy from uh, I got Hugh Jackson. I also believe in split, especially in today's society. If they got information where they can prove and document it then you know they should be well compensated and if they're trying to pay people off to lose games to get draft picks you know that's the legal and informed way so it, it and it sucks because i remember they had this investigation over you know flake gate and tom brady and they put more money and more <laughs> right into that but when it comes to you know the black you know black coach wanting to come out and say you know, they were trying to pay me off. Where's the NFL? There's the, there's no investigation. It's mostly like his word. And right. There should be an, an, an investigation to find out the truth and proof. And like I said, with Leftwich, the coach from the Kansas City. Eric Bianco. Hugh Jackson and, and the dude from Miami, Byron. I don't, 
And it just sucks because Miami was winning. They was on their way up. And Crazy. I think all they needed was to be in a position to draft and develop good players. That's what makes bad teams better. Case in point, Cincinnati. They was terrible. And yeah, the number one pick got Burrow. You think Dion should be a, an NFL head coach? I think so. But I don't think he would want to take it. Only if Dion gets to run his show. Because yeah. if, you know, the. You mean yeah. as a general manager also? Like everybody says this in the Cowboys that Jerry Jones is a real coach. He runs everything. Yeah. And if Dion is, goes to Dallas or goes to anywhere, he needs. He needs to be Dion, but I think he's, I think he's relatable. He understands winning and, you know, especially if you're coaching at the high school level, then you're coaching at, you know, uh, the college level. It takes a lot of patience because, you know, a lot of times some of the best players in the world are terrible coaches or terrible GMs, you know, shout out to Michael Jordan, but his temperament and how he, goes above and beyond to try to help those kids develop man um you know outside of football is amazing so i think Dion, he uh, deserves a shot Dion I agree. can you explain what it was like on draft day for you uh yeah yeah on draft day i was uh uh i was uh i stayed at my uncle's house in arkansas and this was back when you know cell phone receptions and towers wasn't that strong and uh, like an idiot, I I had bad service on my cell phone, and I gave him my my uncle's number to call, and my agent's number, like if people wanted to draft me. So I'm watching the draft, and I made a ritual when I when I really started taking football serious and seeing myself in 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 a, in a NFL, I would like record the draft every year, and like visualize myself being there and being called. And, you know, second round, third round, fourth round went down. So the next day and then that following day, you know, a teammate called me from college, Terrence Murphy. And he was like, hey, man, um, Green Bay called me. They said they because he got drafted by Green Bay in second round. Mm -hmm. And I said this, I was like, they drafted him. They should draft me, too. It can be a package deal. But he called me that next day and he said, Green Bay tried to get in touch with me. Like they thought I was you. And they said, if they can't get in touch with you, they're going to draft somebody else. So I hung up. I called my agent. I called Green Bay. <laughs> and I said, hey, I just called the front office. I said, hey, I'm Michael McGurman. Yada, yada, yada. If y'all need me, just, just call, just draft me. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And and then, like, I didn't hear nothing for the next five, ten minutes. And after that, you know, I got drafted. And then uh, – Wow. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so it, it, that's how that happened wow shout out to your teammate that is crazy yeah yeah he was like he was like and they said if they ain't they gonna get in touch they're gonna draft somebody else i hung oh, up that call the front office. <laughs> packers office i said hey this is michael mcgurman this is in draft day texas a&m tell them to pick me and i'm like what all right related messages to, to ted thompson so right. So, um, but yeah, that that was a funny story. How, how was it? How was it? You know, we had Bill Curry on the show, and and Bill Curry played for Vince Lombardi, and Vince Lombardi was no nonsense. Uh, did not accept any kind of racist comments even back then, and obviously we know about the lore of Green Bay. And how was it 
putting the pads on for the first time in Lambo? Oh man, it was amazing. I always said Texas A&M is like a college level uh, Green Bay Packers. It, it both went hand to hand to me. They both was like this fan, super fan driven, um, uh, just an amazing stadium, uh, amazing people. It was a more of a, a town than, than a city. So everything was close knit, just like Texas A&M. So both both cities was really great. The people mm. really good, and um, man, it, it'd be rocking when we played it. Man, it was it was like I felt like a wrestler, like The Rock. This <laughs> yeah, when I came out there, so it was it was amazing experience. Wow, you know it's funny uh, when the Chargers were out here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Most of the stadium was always the opposition. And I would always say, if this was Lambo, those fans would eat the ticket before uh, they would ever sell it to an opposing fan. Yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, and plus, and also I can say this, our facilities is top notch. It was so good. I knew our facilities were better than a lot of teams' facilities. When uh, I remember LaDamian Thomas, we played LaDamian Thomas. And he visited before our game. He kind of like walked through our facility, just amazed to see how nice it was. And I'm like, y'all are an NFL team in a big city in San Diego, California. And you're like, no, it ain't like that. And so I, I figured out when I went to other teams and saw their locker room, that Green Bay's locker room is by far the best facilities. Wow. That's incredible. Okay, so – I'm going to give you a choice now to, to talk about the next topic because this is a sports deli, so we got we got a menu here. Okay, so Jimbo Fisher's comments at Texas A&M recently about oh. recruiting. Okay, NILs, name, image, and likeness, mental health, or financial literacy. Any of those things resonate with you you want to talk about? Uh, I'll go with financial literacy. All right, let's talk about that because in the old days, right, it was just like you give your information to your financial planner. They take care of everything. I got you. Yeah. And now, whether it's crypto or cannabis or like you, you need to educate your clients, you know, these pro athletes in a way that we didn't before. So talk about financial literacy and how that's changed for the better. Uh, I think it changed for a better. It gives you more options and more. You can do this stuff on your own. Uh, a lot of times you just, like you said, you just have to just get a financial advisor and trust them, do the best thing. Now, you know, with so much information out there with Robinhood, NFTs, crypto, you know, players can do more and be more self-sufficient in their investments than, than trusting a, an a financial advisor with, with their money. So, I, 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 and they're more empowered to, uh, and, and to learn and understand their finances better, understand management fees. Do you encounter teammates that went broke because of their financial advisors? Bad advice. Um, uh, I, you know, I heard heard stories. I don't know. I don't know anybody personally, but yeah, you know, I heard stories. You know, things about Terrell Owens, right? Um, Clint Portis. You know, a couple yeah, of guys. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, um, you know, I I from personal experience, I can understand like. You know, when you get this money that and you want to help people and you can lose yourself trying to help everybody, you get buckled down and trying to take care of people, take care of family, moms and all that. And, you know, having everybody on that monthly payment plan and, right. and it can add up and also have 
you know, a lawyer read the contracts. Well, let me ask you about mental health because that's sort of shifted recently, especially in the black and brown community. It's becoming more, more normalized to talk about uh, as people are brave enough and courageous enough to talk about this issue. Uh, so what, what was your experience then? And do you see that that's uh, going in the right direction now? I think it's uh, going in the right direction. I think um, I think we I think it's a slippery slope when it comes to mental health and sports. I understand if it's a serious condition, you know, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be playing at all. So you big time me the last time we were supposed to meet. You were uh, doing a movie. And you've been in a couple other movies, and uh, you know we've had other people on the show that have uh, been in some movies. Jay Billis was in a movie, and KJ, who played at UCLA and overseas, Chris John Johnson, his dad Marcus Johnson, famous NBA player, was in White Men Can't Jump. And so uh, I'd love to hear about people that are uh, you know in the entertainment industry. It's always fun to talk about that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, you don't, don't apologize. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> a movie called 85 The Ajo. It's me, a uh, guy named Philip Penza, uh, Little Books, Little Films Productions. That's awesome. um, a guy, another actor, big lead actor named Noel G. He was in Fast and Furious. Nice. Uh, Friday After Next. Uh, it's about a guy who lost his wife and years later, found a baby and a bunch of money and his um, uh, dying father trying to cross the border. And uh, he raised the baby up uh, like his own and uh, kind of like a big father. Yeah. Action type father movie. Got to have some action. Yep. Yeah. Got some action. Cartels, drug money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Women. <laughs> yeah, women. So when's it coming out? Um, they said they're pushing it for the summer. So wow, we'll that's sick. Yeah, we so we filmed it for a couple months in Arizona, uh, Ajo, Arizona, and it's right on the border. It's actually a true story. It's right on the border. Oh, really? It's based on a yeah. true story. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, it's right on the border, so a lot of people are crossing. So you hear a lot of stories like that, and 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 the director, producer, he kind of took that story originally wow. and uh, wrote a film about it. And uh, yeah, it's, the story is strong, man. I, I'm really enamored with the story. It breaks color barriers because it's- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's taking care of a little Latin, a little Mexican kid. And, wow. And so uh, it, it just it just speaks, speaks a lot uh, to me. Do you like acting more or football? I, I like football. I mean, <laughs> acting is a different type of rush, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but football, football, I mean, you'll never replace the sensation of playing football and that's fans and that atmosphere. But Man. acting is fun. I mean, seeing something create from nothing is um But did you know as a kid that you you might go down that path to, to be an actor? That's amazing transition. Uh you know, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to own a movie theater. I I wanted to own a movie theater like Magic Johnson. And because I love movies, I love going to movies a lot. So it's never my thing. It's just I love like movies and and coming from a small town. Yeah. Movies allowed me to dream, you know, allowed me to 
dream bigger than what I was and become better than who I am. So uh, that's the one thing I loved about movies. That's great. But how did it get started though? Who did you meet? How, did someone just say, Hey, you want to be an extra? Like, I mean, what was it? It's crazy. Um, I was doing, I was a real estate agent and how I got real estate. I was just calling old teammates, tell them like, Hey, if y'all in Houston, y'all looking at wow. yada, yada, yada. And I called a teammate of mine. Uh, and you said, hey, they're doing a movie with Will Smith. They need football players. Why don't you apply to it? So I did it. Um, it was fun. It was wow. fun. You know, it was fun getting out. You met Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. Will Smith was in it. Uh, <laughs> That's it was, how you got your start. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and I just kind of just kept doing it from there. And wow. A couple films and then uh, went to L.A. and did some films with Lou Gossip Jr. Wow. Uh, Tyler Perry TV show. It was a wow. Tyler Perry TV show called The Mans. And um, I was on, I'm on Netflix on Gotham, the TV show Gotham. Yeah, heck yeah. Then uh, I got a couple <laughs> of Amazon, Amazon. And uh, I did a movie with Ben Diesel, Chris Tucker, called Billy Long, ha Long Halftime Walk. So do you have a do you have a aspirations to direct and produce down the road? Or? I, do. I told myself I'd do, and I I wrote a story and wow in Houston um, a gentrification story a, a gentrification drama conflicts of how you know an old poor neighborhood becomes gentrified and how to play along that line wow of benefits of the good and bad of benefits of gentrification wow. Uh, and and kind of have like a kid growing up you know trying to play sports trying to play basketball and you know help support his his mom and and wow good life now let's let's get some quick rapid fire answer okay who's your uh super bowl prediction rams or Bengals? the rams should win It'd be a nice story for Matthew Stafford. You know, Matthew Stafford, the uh, Lions have two uh, quarterbacks that have been in the Super Bowl, and uh, it, it neither one of them did it with the Lions. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> if the Rams should win, I expect that defensive line to take over that game. Man. I think it's going to be a close game to a late third quarter, and then the Rams are going to pour on. That's, that's, that's what I see. Would you rather stop world hunger or have world peace? That's a good question. World hunger or world peace? I think world hunger. Because people yeah. got to eat, man. People got to <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. People got to eat, man. Yeah, too. no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You still work out? You look swole, man. No, I, I still do a workout. I still walk and exercise and do no weights, boxing and stuff like that. So I still you say boxing? Yeah, boxing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I still try to. Just still try to do do my part and stay fit, you know. I love it. How did the death of Chadwick Boseman affect you? Man, that was – I remember meeting him uh, when I was uh, in L.A., man. It was so hard. It, it was oh. crushing. Chadwick Boseman, Kobe, and, and I saw, like, videos of him where he was on the Marvel press tour for the film and mm. nodding off. He was sleep. Man, that really affected me hard, man, from – it it, it 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 you really know you really don't know what a person's going through so it's best to just be kind and be nice and check up on your loved ones because you never know what they're going through between 
you know, life illness or they're hiding. It just, just got to make sure everybody's good, you know, around you. So absolutely. Uh, waffles, French toast, or pancakes? Pancakes. Ooh, what kind? Um, there's, uh, wow. Pancakes. There's, man, what's this? There's a place called Relish in Houston. I love Ooh. their pancakes. It's the cinnamon. They got the cinnamon brown sugar pancakes. Ooh, really hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Reggie White or Michael Strahan? Uh, I I gotta go with Reggie. Uh, Reggie nice. White. I mean, Michael Strahan. He's got that length and speed, but yeah. once Reggie gets moving, you know he can hump you, he can run over you, or he can swat and spin. Mm. He, he his power allowed him to set up mostly all his moves, and, yeah. and so Reggie Reggie is 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 a winner, man. Legendary. Toughest player you ever had to guard? Uh, the toughest person, I guess, Orlando Pace. Oof, yeah, he was huge and he was Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I remember there was this one play, and it's on this highlight. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> when I when I get time, I'm gonna make this highlight say, But he, I, I, he was, yeah, it was St. Louis, and it was like a goal line play. And I ran in, and I was a rookie, and I'm like, my whole time, I'm not going to get punked like all these other guys on my team and get ran over by this dude. So this one play, I hit him, I bench pressed him, and Steve Jacks was there. I hit and I tackled him, and I was on the one-yard line. I got up celebrating. I'm like, yeah. And the next play, he, I, I went to go do it. He grabbed me and just slung me on the side. <laughs> so, so but, but I say, I say him because he had the size, the strength, man, to to, to, to to do anything. Can you talk about how much smack talk goes on that the referees just like overlook and just don't say anything? <laughs> yeah. This I think I think the I think the worst joy I got ever I guess when when we played Chicago when we played Chicago. Uh, it was always a lot of time tension with me and against the old line and uh, the rat and the Rams and not with the old line, but it was mostly with the running backs with Steve Jackson. We said it a lot, but it was uh, a lot of times with, with uh, the running backs who would talk a lot of trash a lot. Did you talk trash to anybody and, and, and anyone in particular, you remember never say anything back, like just quiet, like Barry Sanders would just be uh, like, chill and just not react uh larry fitzgerald he was wow. um like yeah quiet as casper the ghost he didn't you would try to rattle him but <laughs> he was just ice cold and just killing people i played him against in college and in the pros oh. and man he was just a phenomenal just catching everything yep yeah the silent assassin Mm-hmm. Do you like the way that the NFL is being played now? Well, it's it's a lot more safe. It's more geared to offense and more quarterback driven. Favorite comedian of all time? I say Cat Williams. He's, wow, really? Uh, yeah, all the time. He's 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 uh he knows how to set up jokes and <laughs> very in, enamored. So I like what like all time. He's like one of my favorites. Wow, that's very interesting. Uh, favorite musician of all time or artist? Uh, favorite artist, uh, Tupac. Wow. Yeah, Tupac. He was uh, legendary. That, that was your era. Yeah. Yeah. How did music impact uh, you growing up? Uh, music, it impacted me. I guess it gave me, you know, more purpose because there was always a famous song I would listen to before games and it just put me at poise and put me at ease and 
to interesting be like in a in a centered moment moment before yeah uh, wow so what was uh, your pregame routine uh stretching you know a lot of stretching warming up bathroom bathroom <laughs> a lot um and listen to well, wait, but, but how hard was it to, to go drop trowel like when when you had all that equipment on like is it hard to like go to the bathroom like if you have to go number two i take off my socks i take off my shoes <laughs> and i take off my uh shoulder pads god so dang you can't it. just go in there Did you ever have to go at halftime uh you know what? i never went during halftime wow let me say let me take that back i don't there's a lot of halftime. Yeah, that would be it. No, like I know, I know, I don't eat that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like right before a game, I eat as much, but you burn so much. Yeah, hell yeah. So you know, a lot of stuff. I, there was a team in my who peed on himself before pregame. <laughs> really <laughs> weird. Really weird. He would on himself, but it it wouldn't show. People didn't see it because our pants was yellow. <laughs> <laughs> He would see it, and he would piss on himself before he <laughs> Oh, man, I'm dead. Uh, favorite TV show of all time? I guess I go with Martin. I, Mar- I was going to say Martin. Yeah, yeah. Man, Martin. That was your era. Yeah. Martin. Yeah, yeah that was my favorite. Man. That was my favorite. That's classic. <laughs> uh, remember the Titans? Blindside? Remember the Titans. Knight or a samurai? I say I would rather be a, a samurai. This seemed like they're more fun. They get to climb walls and all that. It's yeah. so- okay, so a couple more. So if you could have any five people at your dinner table, past or present, dead or alive, but it has to be five people you never met or do not know. Uh, I would like to have The Rock. Wow. Denzel Washington. Hmm. I would like to have Obama. Well, I can't say Rihanna because she's taken now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I say... Uh, what did your mom admire growing up? That's solid. We gotta get that Amon Green thing going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. He's looked at my messages before, but you know, and honestly, Ricky Williams just answered me because you know he's in the cannabis space and he was ahead of his time when it comes to cannabis and mental yeah, health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. so one of my clients here in San Diego knows him really well because of that space. So I started talking to him about. It. I was like, Do you know, you know, Anthony, the Forty Tons brand, and they're a. Um, socially conscious cannabis company and they basically help people have a voice who are in jail for nonviolent offenses uh, in particular cannabis and basically they're in jail you know for some bullshit yeah and so i asked him about it and he so he started having some dialogue with me and uh, you know i've talked to marshall falks people and some other people but i'd love to get someone like you know anyone from green bay like amon you know legend and then where do you see yourself in five years still going down the acting producing directing path uh, I think down that path, maybe write, write a book, write a children's book. Uh, oh, wow. Wait, do you have kids? Uh, no, no. Hopefully, not yet. not yet. Just working on it right now. So hopefully, okay. a special someone come. You need to go on The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I had a, uh, me and my teammates when I was in Green Bay. I told them I'm gonna have a uh, I'm gonna be a bachelorette show, but I'm gonna call it for the love of money. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> you know, money might. So but that's uh, classic. No, nah, but no, nah, um that, uh, that'll come hopefully. Come. Absolutely. Well, you wanna tell any everybody about anything else that's going on? Uh, just a podcast, tune in, uh undefeated on YouTube. Um, you know, I interview people I, I know and they talk about how 
you know, what they went through, how to, you know, overcome adversity, create healthy, create uh, wealth and healthy relationship with people and uh, uh, amazing endeavors. And also people can follow me, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I am 96GB and tune in with some great stuff. I'm going to be uh, heading to the Super Bowl Wednesday down there doing some media stuff and appearance and stuff. So I'm going to have a lot more good content coming yeah. out pretty soon. So That's awesome. Who's, who's the next guest that you have scheduled? I have uh, Beverly Todd. She was a famous actress who was on Lean On Me. Yeah. Yeah, she did movies with uh, Sidney Poitier. Oh, she, uh, yeah, she rest in peace, me. legend. Yeah, yeah so, oh, God, was he good? Yeah, so I'm gonna get that, and then uh, I'm kind of working on trying to get Tati Ali. She said she'd come, I just Ooh. had to catch her at the right time. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's well, that's cool. Anytime you want to come back and co host with me, uh, you know, Elizabeth, anything else that you want to ask or share before we uh, I just want to say I've enjoyed listening. Uh, to Michael, and I'm sure Rosie's very proud, and um, I'm even proud. <laughs> you know, of taking taking your career beyond sports because sports gives us so much confidence okay. to go out and accomplish things outside. So it seems like you're taking advantage of that. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, Michael. Much love and much respect. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Uh, best of luck with all of your endeavors, including your directorial debut down the road we might have him doing some projects for us <laughs> oh absolutely all right well appreciate that man i appreciate the opportunity and everybody be blessed and be safe all right you too enjoy Bye. the super bowl all right talk to you soon all right, all right thanks elizabeth yes enjoy all right. it all right everyone there you go michael montgomery the second uh host of the undefeated uh you can check him out like you uh, heard him tell you on youtube on instagram and on twitter all right everybody Thanks for sharing space with us today. We, we truly hoped you enjoyed that amazing interview. Remember, everyone, Black Lives Matter. Stop the bullying. Contact your local and state politicians for any inequalities for any individual or any group that's being marginalized. Also, everyone, we want to raise awareness for those individuals that are currently imprisoned for nonviolent offenses, in particular those with long-term sentences that are disproportionate in particular to those people in the black and brown community. And I want to send a shout out to 40tons.co. 40 Tons is a socially conscious cannabis brand and they're a social enterprise using the regulated cannabis industry to fight injustice, in particular for cannabis prisoners. So check them out again at 40, the number four, the number zero, tons, plural, 40tons.co because what they're doing in the cannabis space and being a socially conscious company is truly incredible and uh, they have my full support. And also wanted to remind all of you, if you're having a tough time, you can always call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And that number is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. And they are available 24-7, 365 days a year. You can also always check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. At Mike Hootner. 
Thanks again to our amazing sponsors, Breaking Tea, Sport RX, PSK Collective, City Lokes, and Moolah Kicks, which you can see right here up on the screen. You can search them online at BreakingTea.com, SportRx.com, PSKCollective.com, MoolahKicks.com, and CityLokes.com. And if you'd like to support us at the Sports Deli, we'd love to have you either make a one-time donation or feel free to make a donation monthly, either $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. If you have uh, questions about that, send me an email again to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and I will send you the link on how you can do that. Uh, you can also find it at the bottom of every podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. So link at the bottom to support the show. Please check out our website at thesportsdelipodcast.com. Make sure that we continue the conversations with regards to three strikes and you're out and mandatory minimums, especially people that are in jail for nonviolent offenses. So those things need to change. Until next time, remember it takes a village. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot. This has been a production of Hootie Hoot Productions. Thank you for joining us in the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. Remember it takes a village. Much love, everybody. Peace. Here's some fun uh, outtakes, uh, some of the things that we talked about before we uh, officially started uh, the podcast. So hope you enjoy this uh, little bit of extra content. And uh, thanks so much again for tuning in and uh, for your support. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, hey, what's up, Michael? Good. How about you? Good, good, man. Can't see you, but I can hear you. Hold on, let me turn the video. <laughs> Man, that darn Zoom. If we didn't know about Zoom before the pandemic, we do now. Let's see, start video. Oh, yeah, 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 there you go. Boom. Man, how, yeah. how, how's the day going? It's going, man. I uh, got my lemon juice going this morning, did my celery uh -huh. juice, got my two-and-a-half-mile walk-in, did my 250 push-ups, did my 500 sit-ups, and... Uh, Tomorrow's tomorrow's lunges. So oh. I've lost I lost 18 pounds in the last oh, few months. So I talk about it. I mean, I've been in the you know athletic training and uh, you know personal training and nutrition space for 30 years. Besides being a professional basketball skills trainer and life coach, so you know a lot of a lot of things. I try and walk the walk, not just talk the talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I understand that. That's that's amazing, man. Congrats. You macking on some uh, cabbage? <laughs>
<laughs> that look good. Some um, uh, I made like a little Caesar salad and, and, and grilled chicken. So <laughs> I love it. Hey, wait, are you a foodie? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Wait, you you like to cook? Not as much. I like to eat. I like to eat out a lot. But you like to cook for other people more than you like to cook for yourself. I, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I am. I, you know, I'll cook basics for myself, but if I'm cooking for someone else, man, it's it's a different kind of feeling. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm super basic, especially in my food—just chicken and salmon. That's all. For those that that listen and and don't watch on YouTube, uh, you you have some predictable things over your uh, right shoulder, like Texas A&M helmet and the Green Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. But what 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 else we got going on in there? Uh, we got. Let's see. We got Texas A&M. Got some awards I got from A&M. I got uh, some stuff I got from bowl games, some football bowl games. Uh, some people What's at the night- KF hat. Oh, you know that it says KE. It's oh, KE. Uh, yep. Yeah, a friend of mine, Kevin Everett. He um, he got hurt, uh, and he you know lost his career you know due to an injury but he rebuilt uh he broke his neck but he rehabilitated himself back to and he's walking he got a nice family and wow you know just supporting him he's a really close friend of he's mine. an a&m guy uh no we both uh he went to miami but we played oh. against each other we knew wow. each other since we was in junior college uh we played against him he was a tight end i was a dn he went to Miami. I went to Texas A&M. He went to Buffalo Bills. I went to Green Bay. And we were just, we both had the same age and we stayed close. He was on wow. Oakland and all that. He's a really good dude. So, yeah, Texas A&M, basketball. Wow, I to talk to him. That's amazing. So I don't remember, you know, I remember the guy from the Lions, you know, who had the thumbs up, you know, when he, when he got paralyzed, but I don't remember, I don't remember his story. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I tell you what, Kevin Everett, you know, you look yeah. up your USC, you know, I mean, he's, he's a success story, you know, you know, there's a, an Olympic athlete who I'm trying to get on the show also, same kind of story. He, he was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two-time Olympic high jumper, Jamie Nieto, unbelievable story. And, uh, talking to his uh, management team to try and get him on also because i love those kind of stories yeah. just amazingly inspirational that's, that's awesome well, i appreciate you sharing